A thousand generations of critics now live in you. But this is your fight. Hello, welcome to the first episode of Critic Wars, where the Godfather sucks and the Emoji Movie rocks. Today, I'll be reviewing, or rather, discussing, warring, Rise of Skywalker. I'm not alone. I have a special guest with me today, my good friend, Nathaniel Williams. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh, pleasure. Thanks for coming. But you may regret that once this war is finished. I mean, that Emoji Movie comment, I, um, I, um, I... Well, we're here to talk about we're here to talk about Rise of Skywalker. I'll Did just I unnerve you? Uh, no, good. <laughs> well, it's good. Well, ne- well, never mind. Never mind. Just think of me as the uncool guy that, that likes to unnerve people. But anyway, he was right. Rise of Skywalker. As with the rest of this trilogy, it's been divisive, maybe just a little bit. But now we've just gotten to. You don't need to listen to everyone's voices out there. The only important voice is mine because, because, never mind. <laughs> but, um, but aside from my voice, also got the professional advice of Mr. Nathaniel here, or Nate, affectionately yours, Nate. Or Natty Light, as some people <laughs> like to call me, like the beer, which I've never drunk. But, <laughs> point being, Rise of Skywalker was interesting. I mean, it, the, the, all the all the all of this sort of new trilogy that they've tried to run has been interesting. With Disney taking the rights to Star Wars, and the, I don't know. Overall, I liked the movie. It had I, I don't know. I, here's the thing: I'm a, I'm a creative writer, and I can't even identify whether this had a solid plot. But it was. <laughs> it's more like. It, uh, it's baffling. Yeah. It's baffling, say at least. I mean, I've seen it, but I haven't had time to really condense what I saw. I mean, there were some great moments, like, uh, uh, like uh, obvi- spoilers, obviously, so plug your ears if you haven't seen it yet. But the, I mean, the that moment with the force lightning where Ray thinks she blew up Chewie, I was, I, 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 I tittered like, for a second. Like, I was, oh my gosh, what? what? <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. Like, <laughs> she just roasted Chewie. Well, that's exactly what she did. She shot. Well, yeah. But it, then it you know, it opens up all these thoughts of like, oh, wow. Okay, because she can shoot force lightning. So she's super, super powerful. But And then, you know, the reveal that she's like Palpatine's granddaughter. And it's like, oh, okay. I didn't see that coming. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of those Star Wars fans that, you know, is, you know, sitting there righteously waiting for like, my theory is correct, and you know it must follow canon. So you weren't, so you weren't there, sitting there thinking, "Yes, that guy on YouTube was right when he theorized Rey's a Palpatine." Yeah, I didn't care. I, I knew it because in the Force Awakens, she did a thrust attack just like Palpatine does. <laughs> no, unless J.J. Abrams actually watched that video. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, well, the amount of inspiration apparently that they take from uh, fan stuff, like apparently one of the like, Disney's like animated Star Wars series has taken all of its ships from the internet, from fan-created ships. I, I don't know how truthful that is, but I've seen several articles on it. And even the, uh, the new, some of the oh new God. ships Wait. in the actual movie have an uncanny resemblance to vessels that were created by fans. So take that mm. as you will. But they add mouse ears. No, no, we didn't. no deviant artists. This isn't your ship. See, we have mouse ears. It's a completely different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've come to take all your property. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, and if you don't like our consolidation of your planet, you will be destroyed. Well, they didn't have a they didn't have a super weapon this time. They just had a lot of star destroyers linked to some 
<laughs> it was basically a little radio tower. You might as well, Palpatine might as well have been standing there at one of those little RC car controllers, just like, <laughs> yes. And as he pushes the throttle, all the Star Destroyers rise together. I mean, I, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, well, like, logistics-wise, they're a bunch of Imperial 1 Star Destroyers. Because people were all like, oh, why aren't they Imperial 2s? Why, where are all the other ships? Like, this was a, a backup fleet that Palpatine created at the height and start of his rules. So of course, they're going to be Imperial 1s. They're not going to be the best out there. But, I, I, and then we had this whole, um, the, the only scene I can really compare it to is, um, uh, is that game near Automata, where at the end of the game, everyone, all like their different friends show up and help you at the end. That was what I kind of got, the vibe I kind of got from this final battle scene, where all these spaceships show up, and you've got people riding horses around. <laughs> horses. Space horses. Like, spa- like space horses. <laughs> I mean, what, do you have a better well, that's what they were, Well, that's what they were in uh, the, like Last Jedi, too. Like, they were some kind of, like, like space rabbits or whatever, but they were just freaking horses. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, and all, all these people suddenly like show up and uh, yeah, rebel and rebellion, and we're gonna take these things down. It it was. Uh, it was Dunkirk, Mister uh, World no, War Two vet. No, or, I mean, no, <laughs> not not Dunkirk at all. Dunkirk, <laughs> Dunkirk was. I mean, the movie Dunkirk was. I'd say that was pretty well done. But we're not here to talk about Dunkirk uh, because that's a whole other. And movie. I haven't seen that anyway because I'm not hip. Hence, unpopular critic wars. <sighs> It's worth a watch. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> More anyway. so than the Emoji Movie. <laughs> you are not going to let that go. No, I'm not. Because, like, apparently it was terrible. And I haven't watched it. But just from what I've seen of it, I'm just kind of like, why did this? Why was this made? But And uh, you, you could argue that for this new trilogy as well. Not so... I mean, I can understand why it was made. Star Wars is... Well... Money. Well, money, yes. <laughs> most definitely. But it's... It's generational. The first Star Wars came out in 1977. Yeah, I think that's about right. And that's our parents. Our parents were around roughly our age, if a little older, probably in their late 20s when that happened. And so thus they were introduced to Star Wars. Then in 1999, through the early 2000s, you had... Um, uh, prequels? Yeah, you had the prequels come out. And that was us that was our generation and then i mean it's kind of hard to separate a generation over just 10 years but literally in 1999 vcrs were still popular six years later you know the apple apple was turning out the ipod and the iphone so you know take that as you will and i'd I'd say that separates a generation between the smartphone and the blackberry just the, the the massive shift that happened and so you have a sort of almost separate generation of kids that are exposed to this new franchise of star wars so did it need to be made yes you know, that's not ter- that's not terrible logic actually that it is cool I've heard, I've heard others point out that it, like it's cool looking back like in each trilogy you could almost say spotlights a a new original trilogy character mm-hmm. to die, <laughs> like Han, Luke, Leia. But like we're all seeing that we're seeing all of them in their actual ages, just like you know, just like the characters are. Because it is like it's like you said, it is our our generation getting introduced to those for the first time. Mm-hmm. And even even this, I heard like the, like Rise of Skywalker came out like twenty years after uh, Phantom Menace. So subsequently, I love the number nine. I was born ninety nine. Fair enough. I, I always love number nines. But it, for that reason, it's a good solid number nine. Nine, just before ten. Mm, not 
Y2K, the world is going to be destroyed, but then I was born and it didn't. I hope someone out there loves my ego. Because <laughs> mm. it's, cause it's, it's very real. Every time someone says ego, I think of ego waffles. Mm. I don't know why. Lego my ego. Ego waffles. Shoot, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. How do we talk about waffles? <laughs> Only when I'm talking to you and maybe two other people can I somehow go from Star Wars narrations to waffles. We're writers, Steven. That's what happens. <laughs> the, the, de- mm, the love and peril of being a writer. <laughs> Tangents everywhere. But... Specifically focus on because we could we could ramble all day really about this yeah. movie. Uh, I think it's like like you said, like for you it was a little for you it was a little hard to figure out. I have a psychological analysis of this. You've only seen it once, then yeah. That figures figures with a Star Wars movie, you can never analyze it in just one viewing. It all always two. There are sometimes a third one helps, but by then it's just by then that one's popcorn munching viewing. The, yeah. Well, uh, also, if there's a third one, it's usually in the process of killing mm. the second or the first. So that there are two. Balance must be maintained. And thus, balance was technically maintained in the Force. Rey yeah. and Kylo brought balance to the Force. Okay. And then they died. Well, they kind of, yeah, they did kind of like fulfill the, fulfill the Chosen One prophecy that mm-hmm. been been in place since the Phantom Minutes. And, uh, I, agree, I agree with you. I feel like, uh, like, like you and I looking from the writer's perspective... We, Everyone wonders why there's so many problems with Last Jedi. It's because of Ryan Johnson. I'm not like even though I do want to bash some of his creative work, that's not necessarily what I'm saying. That uh, like it started with J.J. Abrams. It was his it was his vision. So he was writing one story like how'd Maz get Luke, get Luke's light, lightsaber? Who is Rey? Like who or what is Snoke? What's this idea of the First Order? Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson came in. Those questions are irrelevant. And uh, decided to tell his own story. Forget mm-hmm. where Rey came from. Let's focus on Line on who she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Like, who's Snoke? It doesn't matter. Let's get rid of that. That's dead. And, mm-hmm. like, he just wanted to tell his own story and now, uh, in his own tone. And so, Rise of Skywalker had a big responsibility by trying to amend that. All right, how do we, like, how do we keep in continuity with that? But also, how do we, like, wrap up the most important questions? Mm-hmm. I'd say that they didn't answer every question, like, just the ones. Just the ones we really cared about. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, beyond that, as he's like, not every question needs answering. I mean, we got, as you said, we got the big ones answered. Who is Rey? Granddaughter of Palpatine. Who is, um, and uh, what was the other one? Who is, who is Snoke? Well, he, he's a puppet. Some kind of magic clone or yeah. something like that? Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that that's where the that's where the whole Legends things kind of gets mixed in. Because, yes, in Legends, Palpatine was resurrected as a clone sense that he would have these kind of cloning facilities but because of the way that the first two movies were handled how it was focusing more on who is Rey as a person and who she wants to be and there was a lot of focus that was the other thing there's a lot of focus on Finn and then he kind of just doesn't in the last yeah he just peters out they, I can see, I can see that there was plans for Finn and Rose and like, like to turn them into proper characters. And then she just kind of said, "Oh, hi, oh, don't go, Finn. I'm going. Yeah. All right, goodbye." <laughs> That's about the extent of her dialogue. Pretty much. And then Finn was, he, he was like, "Hey, Ray, there's something I need to tell you before we die." And then they didn't die. And then he never says it. Uh, Ray, I, Ray, I, if I never get to tell you, I don't love you. But I know that that's one of the things I, I was, well, even twice sleeping in theaters, they never answered that question. Like they, they never established it. 
I've never established that. But maybe it, maybe it's just that to you know, to be honest. I yeah, I think he could have done good in the last Jedi, but maybe it's just that uh, he was uh, he wasn't meant to carry a whole trilogy himself. But uh, I mean, no well, character is even a main character has to have supporting characters somewhere. That's true. Well, I thought I thought he was good. In the, I thought he was good in the, in the Force the Force Awakens. I'm kind of glad they didn't push him though to be like. They kept left on Ray, didn't make him the main hero throughout. Mm-hmm. Still wanted to see him do more useful stuff in the last Jedi, but uh, you know, I, I'm got like if it makes sense, I'm got, I don't feel like he'd be strong enough to carry it all on his shoulders. But I'm glad they still wrapped him up well, mm-hmm. or at least like he was present. Mm-hmm. At least like he was present. He was present. Like he's he's James Bond now. <laughs> I think like dang like dang Poe, and they or like, excuse me, da- like dang Finn, you pick. Uh, now you're able to lightsaber duel Kylo Ren. You keep getting all the, you keep getting all these girlfriends, and uh, and it seems like you got a new girlfriend every movie. And now he's irrelevant. So and now you're irrelevant. Now you're irrelevant. But uh, Iron Man, that's that's some unintentional power fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Be that as it may. <laughs> Be that. Hmm. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing wrong. With power fantasy. That's what Ray is. But, I guess. But they but they actually gave her flaws in this movie. I mm-hmm. I actually like that. Isn't it? Why? Well, like, like you know, you, you know your, you know your roommate, the, uh, you know your roommate, the Doom Oaf, who know, you know who I'm talking to. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he knows I mean that affectionately. Uh, during one of his debates, I said, I never thought Ray was a Mary Sue. I feel like she has flaws. The movies just never really choose to focus on them or capitalize on them. Mm. Like, but, like, even though she knows how to use a lightsaber instantly, I felt like they're. Like no, I, I don't feel like she's perfect. They're just not focusing on anything that would highlight that. But no, I felt like they finally did in this movie. Like they're having we're having a hard time figuring out. All right, is is Ray afraid of her past? Is she going forward? Like who is she? What is she? And now that's kind of the question. Like who is? Like who am I? What am I? Mm-hmm. I don't understand any of this. Well, I mean, the same question that the audience is asking is what she was asking herself. She was constantly haunted by the fact that, like, her parents left her. And, like, like we see in the flaw, like, where she goes down into that sort of, like, ocean cave place and there's that mirror and she's like, show me my parents or something like that. And it, it doesn't work. But, like, she's got this sort of, yeah, she's constantly asking, who, who am I? And the audience is like, yeah, Ray, who are you? And, <laughs> well, at the end we get an answer that, well... I mean, I, for me it was shocking. For other people, I I don't know. I mean, I for those who were main you know mainstream theorists, they were either like, "Yep, I knew that all <laughs> along," or they were disappointed, like, "Oh, what? No." So I, I don't know. I can't really speak to that. I just I thought it was cool, um, and I I kind of wanted to see Evil Ray. I kind of <laughs> wanted to see Kylo and Ray just be like a total power couple, kill the Emperor, and just be like, "All right, all right." Now, now we're going with the original Return of the Jedi ending. Now, I, like now, I am right now. I am Empress Ray. Yeah, there we go. It just and she like whips out that double saber that we saw in the vision. It's just you like, knew from the trailer that was going to be a trailer, a trailer shot, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's and also like that it's a vision too. I mean, part of me was hoping that it was like we're going to get an evil Ray and they're going to like totally flip the tables. Mm-hmm. But but no, it was it was just like a like a Dagobah vision. But eh. but, it, but it was good. But it was a good Dagobah vision. Very much so. Like ultimately, that you know that's how. Uh, no, why, despite all the ways I bashed the Last Jedi, that was how I determined it was. Ultimately, despite all that, it was a good movie. It was that I walked out of the theater and thinking, you know what? I feel on top of the world right now. That was good. <laughs> I I felt, I felt satisfied. I, I felt it was, it was satisfying in, in a way. 
because of the timeliness, it kind of touched chords, like a, a Leia's a Leia helping it, uh, helping. Crap, I, crap! I just had a brain fart, man. You're you're going to have to give you're going to have to give me some emotional support. <laughs> we all have brain farts. Um, as uh, for, I mean, Le- Leia helped like from her bed from like from her like from her deathbed pretty much until until like the end. I honestly though she was for me at least she was kind of forgettable this mm-hmm. movie. Like I, I I knew she was there and that she mattered to Ray, but she was kind of fading out as like as you know like the new as the younger like the younger generation takes their place i mean because han solo han solo died and now it's her turn to join him i mean i just kind of like the last of the original trio that's moved on mm-hmm. oh, well, except for chewie poor chewie just, yeah, just poor, kinda... poor chewie and lando yeah. but like they're the people like oh poor them but no one really cares about them <laughs> well, i'm sure they'll go on a bunch of amazing adventures and some of that and some i'm sure you'll agree with me i'm sure you'll agree with me but don't, don't. That's the point of the, of the show. We're not supposed to agree. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm sure you'll agree. That, like some, not entirely your fault that, uh, like you know, they're taking every shortcut to put her in there because like, Carrie Fisher couldn't help that she died. Mm-hmm. But in a way, that did also narratively help. I feel, like, I feel like if she had not died, then the, the way she turned Kylo like that wouldn't have been so believable. Mm-hmm. If that, if they weren't also feeling the pain of like, oh, Carrie Fisher's very last rules in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the way that well, I don't, I have no idea how in the heck they got Harrison Ford back, but uh, like kind of paralleling it, you know, like Kylo's choice in the Force Awakens to you know, kill his father, paralleling it there that I, this time he chose not to. I thought that was that was just brilliant. That I I true, you're right. And back when you said this is a generational thing, I had a way. I've been thinking, you know what? I wonder if this is what people were. Like thinking all the way back in the trilogy, the original trilogy about Vader, that like is he is he redeemable or is he just totally evil? Now, I, just for the past few years, I've been feeling that about Kylo. Like, saying, no, he looks irredeemable. I think he's gonna die and be lost. But uh, like, no, but it looks like he could be redeemed too. It really could go either way. Yeah, he's he's not quite as far as far gone as Vader because Vader was well he was mutilated by his own bad strategic decision uh, if someone's got the high ground end up don't do it but um it's over it's over ground troops i have the high ground yes legs <laughs> so yeah he was he was mutilated and then he killed a bunch of younglings he uh he he's, he had a little bit more baggage than Kylo did. Sure, yes, Kylo killed his father, but he, he was in that sort of. But he didn't like commit genocide. Well, he did almost commit genocide on almost. the Jedi, but like not in the same way as like. And he as did. Anakin. And it wasn't as personal. I mean, Star Killer Base kind of just up and yeeted like five planets with a whole like several billion people on each yeah why am i laughing at that that's terrible but, I mean, but it's, it's hilarious that's terrible. well yes it is hilarious that it's terrible because we never also we also never got to see the new republic which is such a big part of like the old can and what everyone fought for literally the whole point the whole point of the original trilogy is that we are defeating the empire and then the republic that existed before uh, in the in the in the um, that existed in like the Phantom Menace, but better. We're gonna restore the republic, and then we never get Boom, to see it's it. Boom! Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. It's gone. You know, I, you know what I said a second ago, where I said, "Don't agree with me." That's that's not the point of the show. Actually, I agree this time. I agree. It's actually more interesting. But, but yeah, I, I actually completely agree with you. That was my thought all the way through the 
The Force Awakens, even though I thought it's a good movie, but I don't like that they went back to the Empire, Empire Rebels setup. Like, I get why they did, I get why they did it because Disney probably told screenwriter, screenwriters include something that like Empire and Rebels in there because mm-hmm. you know those are branding, recognizing money, and all that crap. But uh, but I thought you know this almost completely undoes the hope of Return of the Jedi. Like like this is a new beginning for the galaxy. Like you said, the Republic's gonna rise, and not only that. But the Jedi are going to live again. That mm-hmm. like really, like all things are being made new, and and then go back to you go back to square one. I mean, I understand Kylo Ren messing up the, at least the Jedi being made new. That makes sense. But to kind of just you know just to kind of just do away with the New Republic like that. I mean, there there was this one scene that baffled me where there was like we see like a senator. And like what looks like a military officer, and then like a bunch of nobles out on a balcony watching this beam of light like mm-hmm. scream towards the planet. And I'm just like, who the heck are they? <laughs> like, w- did I miss something? Yeah, was there like was it was there a Star Wars story in between that told us like some riveting tale about the New Republic that I oh, missed? I, I bet it was those people. I bet it was these people in that. Oh, remember that iconic scene? These people that appeared for like half a frame, blurred up in the background. You know, the ones that have their own novelization and. That, the mountain made out of a molehill. Yeah, that Star Wars is done. It was those people that were supposed. To... Yeah, <laughs> I'm so- I'm sorry. I'm making fun of the Star Wars fan base, considering I'm a Star Wars fanboy, and I hate Star Wars parodies because I-, I see so many of them. But I can't help it. I, I don't know. I'm almost making more fun of the parodies themselves than it. But en- enough of my enough of my goofy crap. <laughs> and uh, in a way, I almost feel like Palpatine. I feel like part of me thinks that I should dislike that. They revert, reverted to Palpatine, like, cheap moved, cheap moved, isn't they couldn't think of anything better, but, like, in a way, actually seeing it in execution, I kind of like it, I feel like kind of, like, bookends, bookends the, bookends the series as, it's kind of what makes it officially feel like Star Wars and not Star Wars fanfics, so then, mm-hmm. that when you, like, when you think about it, and it, like, all three, all three trilogies have basically been about his goal, to, his goal to destroy the Jedi and convert the, Convert the chosen one, specifically a family member, mm-hmm. you know, to his to his side, and that's what it was. And it doesn't really break the Return of the Jedi continuity because technically Vader did destroy restore balance to the Force. He did destroy the Sith. Mm-hmm. The Sith just came back. Mm-hmm. Or, or well, they could clone whatever bit of him was left. I from <laughs> what I don't know. <laughs> mm. I mean, being thrown down a a shaft and being vaporized at the bottom doesn't usually leave much. But I don't <laughs> know. Maybe they found some hair on his bathroom sink. <laughs> If, if he had it, oh gosh! Now you just now you just gave me all you just gave me all all kinds of terrible image going through an old man, old man's bathroom, <laughs> bathroom sink, pulling in, pulling out his hair. Ugh. I thought he was, I thought he was bald. What did he? No, he wasn't bald. But what did he use this razor on? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know the age rating. How do we? Do, how do we do this? <laughs> Honestly, you were the perfect guy to bring it. Hang on here. Oh man. Was it, and uh, one no. other note was that literally they 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 pretty much copied, if not they did. I mean they didn't copy like this the whole you know like plot and all, but the premise of each of these new trilogy movies followed the original trilogy in terms mm-hmm. of how they went. I mean especially, go ahead. or just especially in like in each one you see the first one was the establishment of the of like oh yeah there's a rebellion and there's a doomsday weapon that's gonna shoot at our planet and when the you know when the sun is gone you know we're out of luck but as long as there's light we have a chance i I found that line from poe really cheesy for some reason (laughs) but 
I mean, we had... And, and that's a bit unbelievable. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just find, find that kind of belie- unbelievable. I can understand the Death Star, and that, especially that's it. Like, we, we barely know anything about the, the First Order. They're not nearly as... Long, but it, it's somewhat conceivable that the empi- that an empire, especially one that's like the Space Age version of Rome, mm-hmm. could, bu- could build something like a Death Star... A super weapon capable of destroying planets. Mm-hmm. How do them? How's the first order keep making a bunch of super weapons every, t- every time? And well, uh, I mean, and like especially now uh, they don't just have one that can cre- that can create a giant death ray. They've got one that can fr- that can freaking suck a star dry and I create like multiple death rays. I mean, it, and it's the size of a planet. How how do you miss the construction of something like that on the sheer scale of a planet size? You're telling me that they left no footprint in the form of receipts from i don't know you know <laughs> kyber star drive is in like yeah you ordered a bunch of parts for a super laser um we're not supposed to share receipts with anyone but i mean like of course i mean before the new republic was vaporized i'm pretty sure that they'd be checking in on this kind of thing i, I don't know but, mm, I, now that you mention it i know mm, i know it was someone from the inside i know where they got all the mm, where they got so much money for it and uh, and yet the, the republic didn't notice they got a loan from disney <laughs> <laughs> it was the mouse all along. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. You're right, and uh, like the Last Jedi, it's like now this now this is where we get new revelations about the new revelations about the Jedi and you, mm-hmm. and things and things get worse for the heroes. Mm-hmm. And and finally, we come to this one. You must confront the Emperor in his throne. Mm-hmm. Confront the Emperor in his throne room, and. Yeah, this is our last hope, our last ditch attack. Mm-hmm. And they even followed the sort of um, like the escape from the escape from Hoth. We had the, I mean, we didn't they didn't escape from an ice planet, but they were running throughout the entire second film, like away, and you know, with the whole concern, of, like you get know what I mean. Yeah. And then you know they have to establish the the rebellion somewhere else. And then in the last one, because I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm 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 especially a fan of spaceships because spaceships are cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm like I'm like that astronaut from the Lego movie, spaceships. spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> it's like any, anything else? Nope, spaceships. <laughs> but they followed the same sort of spaceship design too. Like in the in the in the first of the new trilogy, we only see X wings. Oh, okay. Mm. They're new X-wings, and that was about it. They're like, blue. No, these are X-wings, but these are blue. Yeah, they're blue <laughs> X-wings, and they have new engines. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I like the T sixty five design, but the T seventy is not bad. But eh, um, T eighty five is like, blech. It's, it's like all rounded edges, and like, it, or not rounded. It's all, all the edges have been rounded off, and it's supposed to look like smooth. And it's like, mm. uh, I kind of like the rustic design. Yeah, the original, like the T sixty five, like Luke's yeah. X wing, or well, as with many, as with many things now, you know the over the over CG process, the over we got to make it realistic or, or cool or whatever BS. Mm-hmm. I, I just kind of like that. It feels feels much like yeah, I know this is a movie prop spaceship, but it does conceivably look like, but like on set, this does conceivably look like it's a fighter that can fly. Pretty much, and then as for the uh, as for the second one in the new trilogy, we saw A wings, which doesn't quite fit the. Uh, the sort of following the old trilogy line because we didn't see A wings in the second one. We saw X wings and Y wings and snow speeders. But I mean, it did introduce like these big lumbering bombers that were absolutely useless. And... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, the bomber. Those bombers were just awful. How do they drop? How do they drop bombs anyway? That like in space, you know, where there's no gravity. Uh... And if it's magnets, then if the magnets are strong enough to pull all these little bombs, why weren't they pulling the ships down? 
I, I'm just going to say repulsor lifts, which is basically Star Wars' answer to everything that flies or hovers. <laughs> so you just have a big repulsor lift up at the top of the bomb bay, and you turn it on, and it's, it shoots all the bombs out the bottom. But, uh, yeah, they, they, were, they were really dumb designs, but they strategically, but I, I know what they were going for, because, you know, Star Wars was inspired by, like, the World War II aesthetic, and so it's like, let's go for big B-17-esque looking flying fortresses, and it's just like, uh, this would have been so much better if you had Y-Wings. They would have actually survived the attack. They were there. That was their job. They were built for those. Yes! And by the way, if you uh, if anyone's ever noticed it out there, notice if you, like, when you watch, notice the difference next time you watch Star Trek or Star Wars with Star Trek, you've just got these like massive spaceships shooting out of the, uh, the, uh, the Enterprise, the Narada, the Scimitar, and just these massive ships shooting at it. In Star Wars, the, the style they tend to go for is like having the, like basically having their cru- their cruisers, whether it's Home One or Star Destroyer, and they usually engage by like just deploying like smaller craft, X wings or ties, like he said, naval design. Yeah, very very much World War Two naval design because the whole idea was that air power was the key. And that's why the aircraft carrier was so important in the Pacific campaigns, because the age of the battleship was over. Oh, great, you have a dreadnought? Let me introduce you to my friend, the dive bomber. And down goes your ship. And (laughs) and that's what happened to the First Order dreadnought. Poe kind of did his thing, (laughs) took out all the surface cannons, and I I really felt for the (laughs) the general on board. Because he realized what was happening, and he knew that he didn't have any plot armor. So he was... Um, You mean uh, you mean uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker when he sees his ships blowing up all around him, um, or, or like Last Jedi when uh, the, when uh, Poe's taking out that uh, the fleet killer? Yep, yep. And it's like, oh no, like, oh no, oh no, we're doomed. This is a mm, this is tons of money we don't we don't have because we don't because we don't have crap going down the drain, and our <coughs> and our main our main tactician up there is being an idiot, whining about how he how I am General Fox, I am I am. I don't know. I actually, I actually didn't hate the Last Jedi as much as I let on, but I'm saving, but I'm saving that rant for a, <laughs> for a, for a strawberry blonde. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, oh, oh, before I go, it wouldn't be Star Wars without an actually good lightsaber fight. Oh, there were some the, good lightsaber fights. Yes, that mm, we actually, I did like the one, uh, the, the Force Awakens, because I, I almost love, almost the. Like, you know, as writers, like, the, the sensory descript- the sensory description, how something, how something felt, how it smelled, how, all that. Mm-hmm. That's hard to, that's hard to communicate through film, but I feel like in this new trilogy, they kind of done that. Like, in the, the first one, especially when, a, like, Kylo and Finn are, and Finn are fighting, I can almost, like, feel the heat of the lightsabers, mm-hmm. just the cinematography. Especially in that cold environment, you can feel the heat radiating mm-hmm. off of them, and the air itself would be kind of mm-hmm. smoking, so yeah, that was that was definitely cinematography wise well done, and the fight between Rey and Kylo on the remains of the Death Star on Endor, that was pretty that was pretty good too. I mean, it's got it's got a lot of emotion laced in it too, and a lot of talking, a little maybe maybe a little too much talking for a fight, <laughs> but in general, just the, the 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 whole concept that they've come back to the almost the beginning of this whole mess in the wreck of the Death Star, and they're battling it out as these waves come crashing over the top. That, 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 I, I enjoyed that scene. Like these wa- I agree, too. Like these, wa- like these waves surging around them. And like I, kn- I know Kylo should have jumped over them, but I, I couldn't help it. Them, like Ray's jumping over like these, these tidal waves. Then Kylo just walk- comes walking out of one, soaked like a badass. Well, I mean, that's, and, that's uh, the point. Uh, that- like, cool guys don't look at wave explosions. <laughs> Cool guys don't look at explosions, and really just the way in, like the functionality, like, and just new ways to, 
You can think about a lightsaber. It's never thought of that, but like and stabbing someone with a cross, like stabbing someone with a cross guard, and uh, the, and gosh, what was it? the last Jedi where he not he blew a hole in a guard's face with a just by deactivating and reactivating the blade, mm-hmm. and he, and here where he's actually like we see him actually using the force to try to like blow away Ray's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And it, I just I just so many strategic advantage strategic advantages there, and I actually feel like this was a good balance of uh, like. Like the, uh, like the like the like the cool flashy stuff from the prequels and uh, the like uh, the the rustic <coughs> hard hitting stuff from uh, the, from the originals mm. and its own kind of flavor. Yeah, and for those who watched it as kids now, I I haven't I've yet to speak to it like a child <laughs> who is you know. Uh, who has watched these movies and been blown away or not? But I would assume that like these new movies will stick in the minds of these of these kids and as their Star Wars experience, as we discussed earlier, and well, that will color their appreciation of it going forward. Because the way my parents introduced well, my mom, my mom's the Star Wars fan in the family. She introduced me to Star Wars using the. Um, the prequels first, like chronologically. <laughs> so the first thing I ever saw was Jar Jar Binks. Same here, actually. Well, well we have that in common. So, so you didn't. So you didn't grow up in the, you know, the, fam- the family. Oh gosh, those awful prequels! that no. ruined everything. They are the. They are the devil. Exactly. No, I didn't grow up with that at all. I mean, I grew up on the pod racing and Jar Jar Binks and the Queen of Naboo, and I thought I thought that was really darn cool. Yeah, I left. Yeah, no, and my very, my very first lightsaber fight, apart from a. Apart from uh, Qui Gon and Darth Maul and Tatooine, my fir- like my first was was uh, was Qui Gon and Obi Wan versus Darth Maul. The Duel of I, Fates. Duel of Fates. That I is, love that. Score. I mean, we, that's that's a separate thing, but but that, all of that is a glorious fight. So that kind of like, that kind of set you know, set the bar, mm-hmm. and subs- there are some pros and cons of that. It gave me a appreciation for. On the other hand, it, well, like, I didn't. Ex- it means I didn't experience the originals the same way. Like you know, like. Like where most people experienced it before there was before there was such a thing as believable CGI or the, and back when uh when uh the cool stuff and uh mm-hmm. the and uh, like this is the world's first lightsaber fights isn't it cool mm-hmm. well now we've seen them do like kung fu lightsabers so, uh, pretty much but, I mean you look at the ATATs on Hoth and it's just like it, it's kind of funny to see like the sort of silly putty looking snow <laughs> and the like the, the way they walk and it's, it's just like. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, okay. But part of me still believes it. And I, I think maybe that's the writer side of me. I see it. I know that it's a model being moved across a board. And the same thing with the um, the original, with uh, which, with the original, like, sort of Death Star fights. Like, these are models being moved across a big, mo- like, a big board. Blues. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you still have this sort of, like, sense of, ah. Oh, like it's like there's it, still some really cool about this. Like, mm-hmm. You look on it with a smile. Very much so. I mean, I I believed in like the whole thing of the snow speeders bringing down the ATATs again. Even though I know it's a model, I still I'm I can still feel the sort of like the marching in with General Veers, and it's just like that. We'll have the shield down in moments. You may start your landing. <laughs> and so I I don't know. It's there, there's something about the old movies that sticks with you, and these new movies I at least hope will have the same result on the current generation of kids. And, I, I, and by kids, I mean ages like that, that can understand it. Ages like 6 to 10. 
and they you know, <laughs> you know by six to ten I know you mean like starting at at least six to ten months. <laughs> well, I mean, like, like really, do you th- do you know any parent that waits that long to show their? Okay, well, I, I I'm mean, not saying waits that's good that or long bad, to but... show their kids, but I mean like the kid themselves understands what they're watching. <laughs> like they can take it in and go like, okay, that was cool, and it inspires them to go and create stuff. Like the first spaceship picture that I can remember drawing of like sci-fi spaceship it was heavily inspired by X-Wings and then and the Jedi Starfighters and because that's what I knew I wasn't raised on Star Trek but I knew Star Trek existed but because Star Wars was so heavily you know like in my in my life it was kind of like that's that's where I and that's where I got my understanding of sci-fi and it took me a while to understand that as cool as X-Wings are they don't real space fights wouldn't work like that. Yeah. So. That, that. That's a category of things I call that. Not like, like you know, I know we're not hard sci-fi writers. Meaning, mm-hmm. it, for like for non-writers out there, that that's like a like the Martian is high sci-fi. In other words, everything's got to be gritty and realistic. I gotta have practical explanation. I I mostly just like to use what's called writer's BS. Meaning, and then writer's I, BS. And like, yeah, that's in how a spaceship would really function. Like. Why? Why isn't the gravity in the Death Star cylindrical? I don't. I don't know because I don't care about that. Because I'm far more interested in seeing them mm. uh, rescue the princess from the dungeon and watch it destroy Alderaan or explode than mm-hmm. uh, than figuring out all those stupid logistics. Exactly. Not no, but not bashing you if you're into it. But I'm on. But but with a smile, I'm bashing you. Hey, <laughs> I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind because. You you need a mix of realism and fantasy because otherwise you just get bogged down in all the sort of just you know the descriptions and I've heard that's what some critics say of Asimov is you get bogged down in all the detail he explains everything and it's like okay that makes sense but I, I, but, but you, you lost what? me you lost me around page five out of fifty when are <laughs> we gonna get to rescuing the princess when are we gonna get to the explosions so well no. Well, I wonder how he got published then, because an agent would have thrown that out. But that's, funnily enough, that's actually what Star Wars pretty much prays for, that, uh, you know, even, even though people knocked on the prequels for it, and, uh, you know, I still notice consistently throughout it does achieve this, it's always kind of achieved this good balance of, uh, the, you know, the, like, this good balance of, you know, of, like, of, like, tang- you know, like tangible, realistic, you know, realistic things to a tangible, realistic world to grab onto, mm-hmm. and the sci-fi unbelievable, but hmm, keeping it at like keeping it at a good level, like on a, you know, like, some, like sometimes it is a CGI monster, but sometimes also puppetry. Right, and the key is getting the audience to believe, and mm. to just to interpret that, to see themselves there, to put themselves in the shoes, in the flight suit, whatever the case may be, of the characters, and to well, see the world is real. Mm. To see it, and to think that maybe, just maybe, they can get a glimpse of those twin sons. Yeah, just maybe. I guess I can feel I can feel that our spears kind of winding down. I guess I. I mean, it was a pretty epic last line, you know, the twin sons the twi- staring <laughs> off into them. I mean, isn't that uh, how the whole trilogy kind of winds down? Just like, who are you? Uh, Ray, Ray Skywalker. Where I was actually right and wrong, you know, I was I was the the guy that. I, even I didn't subscribe to everyone's theory because I didn't, because I didn't care enough. But I still cared enough to. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. We're all nerds here. We're all nerds rule the world. <laughs> they do. That they do. They build the nuclear reactors and the spaceships. And they petition for Obama to build some Death Star. 
But uh, why the... we don't need a Death Star. Mm. And he said, even if even if we did, why would I build something that can be destroyed with one photon torpedo? Yeah, or a sneeze. Photon, I meant proton. Uh, but, mm, I was on my hand. Mm, she, mm, she's got to be a Skywalker. She's got to be a Skywalker. I was right and wrong. By, by birth, she's a Palpatine, but mm, by by choice, she's a Skywalker. There you go. And uh, I know, you know, I think that may, aside from maybe Revenge of the Sith, mm, there that may be the first movie where, where I, I think that that ending was kind of homage to Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi. Now that I think about it, two my two favorite Star Wars movies. I don't know why, but it's always like thirds in the trilogy that uh hmm. that are always my favorite and uh, and same my same here same with this one that uh by, by the ghost looking up looking at her like return of the jedi and staring off with hope into the twin suns like a like a revenge of the sith mm-hmm. as our speeders are kind of winding down a little bit i'm saying uh maybe about uh, a few sentences how would you, overall how would you say you feel about it i enjoyed it I I have I I have some things that I would have liked to see. I mean, you know, every every everyone with a creative with a creative streak will have ways that they'd want to see things done differently. But overall, I enjoyed it, and I'd give it I'd give it four stars out of five. Reason, reasonable, well said. I would, I'd also give it four stars out of five. Okay, I thought mm-hmm. we were supposed to disagree on everything. No. Well, th- well, now I'm angry at you for not giving me anything to disagree on, <laughs> because you just maybe had to agree with you on everything. <laughs> well, great minds think alike. How about we settle great on that? Great minds think alike. Oh, no. Well, I'll di- I disagree. Hey, right. there we go. <laughs> Never mind. I I agree because you said my mind's great. <laughs> <laughs> There's that ego waffle again. <laughs> the ego waffle. <laughs> Well, what what this movie? Well, I guess I'd say what this movie did right more than made up for not only its own flaws but the flaws from Last Jedi is perfect. No, is it worth seeing? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In that sense, it truly is a fitting and satisfying conclusion not only to like this trilogy but to the Skywalker saga as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully Disney will leave well enough alone. Like, good job. I, well, I'm not gonna thank Disney for it. That you know, I've, I've got a beef with Disney, but I, I'd say J.J. Abrams and Lucasfilm. Good job, you pulled through. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Disney will leave well, well enough alone. But we you know they won't. All right. Well, I mean they're doing pretty well with the Mandalorian. Like, don't mess that up, That's please. True. Oh, maybe with their independent projects, they might. Yeah. Well, uh, the question I want to ask everyone before they leave the show, Mr. Nathaniel Williams. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie? Dang. That's kinda hard. Alright, maybe alright, maybe combine it with your with your second. Uh because that's what I'm gonna do. Hmm. This is gonna sound kinda dumb, but I have great family memories of watching Ice Age three. Like <laughs> like I know <laughs> I know, laugh it up. But like, like just get the whole family on the couch, and we're all watching Ice Age three. Our family loves to laugh, and you know, it's it's one of those it's it's one of those comedies. That I, well, as much as yeah, Ice Age is kind of a comedy and like a and like an animated comedy, and it's just it's just stuck as one of our family favorites. Um, and then like my personal favorite movie, mm, that is really hard. Because there are all kinds of I, I I love I love individual scenes from different movies. I love parts of different movies, but like no movie has stuck with me as being like the be all and end all of films that was you know like this this is my 
my magnum opus or like or of of like you know things I've watched. All right, I guess uh, if you could pick an act from your favorite movie, pick an or, act. or I don't know. Like for a while, until I rewatched Return of the Jedi and decided I liked the whole movie, I used to say for a long time the third act is my favorite. Okay, you know what? Here we go. Simply, and this this is this kind of this kind of is a bias thing, but I really liked Red Tails. I I'd say that's in one of my favorite movies. I know it has some flaws, but I liked it because. As a person of color, seeing pe- people of color recognized in a war movie, I enjoy war movies, and seeing it, seeing it done with good CGI, seeing a good story told, and I mean, it kind of, it kind of whitewashed some of the war issues. I mean, the Nazis were just, or at least the Nazis in the movie were just kind of like, you know, standard evil <laughs> Nazis and all that. But I mean, the point of it was more to, well, bring awareness to the fact that you know, black fighter pilots did exist and that they did. Um, accomplish a lot despite um, the disparaging nature of the, of the U.S. at the time, and so yeah, that, I, I'd say that would be one of my favorite movies. Understandable. You're a World, world War Two guy, and like, hey, we ain't we ain't got time for all this racism. Yes, we're all fighting this. You know, we're all fighting to save each other. Mm. We're all fighting the same war. All right. Well, well, thanks for joining me. Mm, thanks for joining me, Daniel. It's good to have you on. It's my pleasure. Like, this was a blast. Um, thank, no, well, it was a bla- It's a blast because it was Star Wars, or was it? A- Hmm. All right, I was gonna make some kind of Star Wars pun. <laughs> well, well, thanks for doing that out of pity, but I don't. <laughs> but I don't need that. <laughs> and thank you all out there for tuning in. If you if you're interested, follow. Stay tuned for another episode coming out next week. I hope. And be sure to follow Viking Fusion and all our social medias. Till then, this is Stephen Shellhorn, where the Godfather rocks and the Emoji Movie actually sucks. <sighs> Goodbye. Thank you.